Hi everyone, uh, this is Mark and this is the Mark Hastings Experience and uh, in this podcast uh, I'm going to be talking about everything from poetry to films to uh, TV shows to books and about uh, anything and everything that inspires me and uh, I hope you like what you hear. Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about um, the 10th film in the Star Trek franchise, um, and the 4th film, uh, and the final film, to feature the cast of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation TV show. Um, And of course, the, the film that I'm talking about is Star Trek Nemesis which came out in 2002, uh, and it was directed by Stuart Baird, and I remember the the first time that I saw Star Trek Nemesis in the cinema, and I remember the uh, reaction to the film after it came out, and on the whole, the the reaction to the film was disappointment. It was deemed to be a very divisive film. And um, I'm going to assume, if you're listening to this podcast, that you may have already seen the film. But if you haven't seen the film, um, uh, I'm going to just say that one of the main characters from Star Trek The Next Generation um, dies in, in the film. And they they choose to sacrifice themselves, and um, that character is Lieutenant Commander Data, who is played by Brent Spiner. And from what I know, um, at the time, uh, the decision to kill Data, essentially, was um, something that was put forward by... Brent Spiner, because he was under the impression that um, he had become too old for the role, even though the the character of Commander Data is, um, it's been explained that he uh, does age naturally over time, Um, but um, that it was the right time to, to bow out of the character because uh, as time went on um, the data who is a, a an android uh, would come to look um, even more aged than he made it and that's not a knock on Brent Spiner because um, he's um, even now um, you know he he doesn't look uh, he didn't look his age, um, and I, I in fact got to meet him a couple of years ago. Uh, got a picture taken with him, and I got his uh, autograph. And the autographed picture uh, that I, I got signed um, by Brent Spiner was a scene from uh, Star Trek Nemesis, and it's a scene where Brent Spiner, as Lieutenant Commander Data, is holding. Uh, the head of the character of B4, which is um, 
essentially b4 is an android but a an earlier version of um the sung type android um that uh, all appear um uh to uh, all, they're all built to look like their creator uh dr noonian sung uh data looks like uh him um um b4 and also the character of law which is data's brother but they all they all resemble the same um the same face the same they're all the same height but they all all of the androids that were created by dr noonian sung um differ in um what they are capable of doing um law data's brother was was born was was created with emotions but um he uh, they he uh, twisted them he became a very twisted character um a very manipulative character uh kind of like the the uh the dark version of who data could be or would be if he had emotions from uh from birth from the moment he was created uh but b4 um is an earlier version of of data um um and uh perhaps before uh the the android law because as was explained in a um a later episode uh in season 7 i think it was of star trek the next generation uh data got to meet his uh mother in inverted commas um uh and who was an android herself but when she was alive she worked with dr noonian sung and was his wife and helped construct all of the androids and um in that episode i can't remember the, the title of it now but uh she explained to data that there were many androids many different versions that were created um on uh, omicron theta the uh the planet um before it was attacked by the uh the crystalline entity that uh completely decimated and destroyed the the colony on omicron theta uh but getting back to the the film star trek nemesis so um this was going to be brent spine's last film so it was going to be the uh, the last um time we would see him as data uh however fast forward um 20 years uh, almost 20 years uh 17 years uh brent spiner would go on to uh portray data again in the um the amazon prime um tv show star trek card and um he would feature in the, the first season of that and he would also play uh another um um iteration in the sung um line of uh of characters because there is a been a lot of um uh individuals connected to the sung family uh that have appeared throughout the star trek uh tv series uh including um as i said star trek the next generation and uh star trek enterprise um i don't believe that one appeared in uh star trek discovery no i don't think so 
Uh, but in definitely in Star Trek Picard, the first season anyway. Um, so yeah, so it was to be his final film, and uh, and I'm, I know I'm jumping to the the end of the film here by saying that um, Commander Data dies, but it was a big shock at the, at the time. The the fact that Stuart Baird um, and in fact, most of the criticism, I remember, if I remember rightly, was laid at the the uh, at the front door of John Logan, uh, who is the the writer of the film, um, who developed the, the the story of the film with uh, producer uh, Rick Berman um, and with Brent Spiner, uh, but he was the principal writer of the, the screenplay. And um, John Logan is an, an incredibly uh, prolific uh, playwright, screenwriter. Um, he uh, wrote uh, the uh, screenplay for Gladiator and The Aviator and um, Hugo. So he, he has a lot of um, a lot of uh, writing chops, uh, you could say. Um, you know, he's, he's he's got a great deal of talent. And I'm not saying that the story of Star Trek Nemesis isn't isn't good, but um, and to be honest, my I can appreciate it more now than at the time because I suppose I was just like every other fan who watched the film and just thought, how could you kill off such a beloved character such as Lieutenant Commander Data, which he is. You know, he is the the Pinocchio um kind of character of the of the Star Trek franchise the 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 artificial life form who dreams of becoming human and he's even described as Pinocchio by um Commander Riker in the first episode of Star Trek the Next Generation um in the episode Encounter at Farpoint um um so yeah he he's the the, he's the viewer. He's the one who uh, we we look to, um, and we we have to imprint our own emotions on him because he can't emote his own emotions. But he's one of the characters like um, Spock in uh, the original Star Trek series. He was um, a character who was out of place because he. Uh, didn't show emotions, but he had an enduring and an endearing quality to him. And Lieutenant Commander Data was considered by um, a lot of people to be their favourite character. And um, as I say, I, I got to meet Brent Spiner a couple of years ago at a Star Trek convention. And he was so welcoming and great. And, and it was just before um, Star Trek Picard came it was uh, premiering, and he was there, and um, Lavar Burton was there. I I got a picture taken with Lavar Burton. Uh, thrilling times, I have to say, to meet these in, these actors who you you've watched on screen for for years, and then you get to meet them, and and they're they're, they're really down to earth and really wonderful, and uh, yeah, it's a great experience. Um, but yeah, it was thrilling to see Brent Spiner. Um, and as I say, when I first saw Star Trek Nemesis, um, 
I came out of the movie theatre thinking, oh my god, that is terrible. What have they done? Um, and I know a lot of people did. Um, because it, I suppose the death of Data overshadows the film. Because if you know that going into it, and you know it's going to happen at the end, you, you're automatically going to, you're setting yourself up for a fall. You're you're thinking that's the worst part of the of the whole film but he does it in such a way um that you really feel for him you feel for his friends his uh the rest of the the crew um you feel for captain john luke picard um even though um at the end of the film we see that uh, the android b4 still retains some of uh, data's uh, memory and of course the, the the story of Lieutenant Commander Data continues in uh, the TV show Star Trek Picard because we get to find out um, what he did more about Data, what he did uh, while he was aboard the USS Enterprise there was a great deal of depth to him he was instrumental in the creation of um his own um children um so there's there's a great deal more depth and characterization um to be found within star trek picard which i'm going to talk about in a future episode of the podcast but um so getting back to star trek nemesis um it's not just about the death of data and the the to give john logan and Brent Spiner and Rick Berman, the credit that uh, is due, they really, they give us some great moments uh, with Data, um, so that when you do get to the end of the film, and he dies, you think, oh my god, we've just lost this incredible character, um, and you do feel the loss. Um, but um, there are a lot of um, story points throughout the film, um and one of the the major story points is the um the attack by um the rebel leader uh Shinzon and he's a human uh who has been living with the um the uh Reman um race who live on the planet of Remus, uh, which is uh, the twin planet of Romulus, uh, which is where the the Romulan race hails from, uh, of the Romulan Star Empire, and uh, Shinzon is played by none other than Tom Hardy, and I believe this was one of his first roles, um, his first film roles. And um, yeah, he 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 does a, a great job, and he actually plays, um, even though his name is Shinzon, he is in fact a clone of Captain Jean Luc Picard, who was intended by the Romulan government at the time to replace uh, Captain Jean Luc Picard, um, whether they. Were planning to kill Captain Picard or take him prisoner so that um, 
this uh, Shinzon, this this clone of Captain Picard, could take his place and um, seemingly influence uh, Federation policy. But I'll, whatever the plan was, um, it didn't work out. Uh, the um, the Romulan government changed, and uh, as a result. Uh, the clone of Jean-Luc Picard, now called Shinzon, was sent to the planet of uh, Remus to um, work alongside and live with the miners there who uh, mine the very um, profitable uh, dilithium, uh, which uh, is used to power the starships within the Romulan Empire and also the Federation. Um, and most of the um, spacefaring species of the the galaxy use uh, um, dilithium in, in at some point within the propulsion system of their ships. Um, so he Shinzon is an outcast, and he was sent to the Rom to the Riemann mines. However, while he was there, he um, um, and he. Uh, made acquaintances with um, the Remans there and over uh, over time over a, a span of I think it was uh, 10 years perhaps 15 years um, they he made they made a plan um, to uh, overthrow the the Roman government and um, the Riemann viceroy um, he's played by Ron Perlman and he's um, someone who has been with Shinzon since he was a child. He's helped him grow up and helped to mould him. Um, and something to, to note about Shinzon is that he is an imperfect uh, clone of Jean-Luc Picard. His uh, genetic structure is slowly but surely breaking down uh, over time. But... Um, this is just something that we 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 learn over the course of the film. Uh, but at the, right at the beginning of the film, which opens on a uh, after we see the the title of Star Trek Nemesis, it uh, zooms down through the atmosphere uh, um, of the planet um, uh, Romulus, goes straight down uh, to an aerial shot of the uh, Romulan Senate where uh, the Romulan Senate are debating terms of peace um, and an alliance with the Riemann rebel leader of Shinzon. Um, but in reality, um, Shinzon is planning to kill uh, all of the Romulan Senate, apart from one Romulan who is working... Uh, with Shinzon to um, push through their um, their uh, agenda, and so that Shinzon can become the new Praetor, which is uh, what um, the Romulan Senate call the the leader of the Romulan Senate and the leader of the the Romulan government. Um, and um, they are successful. Um, Shinzon gives a um, a device to uh, one of the uh, Romulan 
um, senators and uh, it has within it um, um, a a form of uh, radiation um, that can kill everybody in the room um, in a very short amount of time and the radiation that it is emitting is called thaleron radiation and it is deadly a deadly radiation that um has been um made illegal throughout the majority of the of the galaxy but this um thaleron radiation is a super weapon that um shinzon it ha is going to use um, in his plan to uh, seek revenge against Captain Jean-Luc Picard and we also find out in the film that his ship the Scimitar uh, which uh, they have assembled in secret um, has at its heart this Thaleron radiation um, which when uh, deployed as a weapon could uh, completely obliterate all life on a, a starship or a planet. Um, so, and as as a as a result of being exposed to this Thaleron radiation, um, anybody, um, including the uh, Romulan senators of the Romulan Senate, are turned into um, into stone. Uh, the best way to describe it. And they die uh, almost immediately, um, and they are and they are completely just disintegrated um, after afterwards. And this um, allows uh, Shinzon to overthrow the government, install himself uh, with the help of some Romulan senators. Um, who uh, uh, have been helping him for uh, a considerable amount of time. Um, that's what it, it seems. And so he has basically taken over over the, the government, over the entire Romulan Star Empire. Um, and while this is happening, um, on uh, the, the positive side, the joyous side, the crew of the Starship Enterprise... NCC 1701E are uh, have gathered together to bid farewell and also to attend the wedding of First Officer Commander William T. Riker, who's played by Jonathan Frakes, and Councillor Deanna Troy, who's played by Marina Sirtis. And um, there are many people in attendance, including uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character of Guinan. Um, Will Wheaton's character of uh, Wesley Crusher, who is the the son of um, of uh, Doctor um, Doctor Beverly Crusher, who's played by Gates McFadden. Uh, Worf is there, uh, who is uh, appears to have too much Romulan ale for his liking because he seems a bit uh, uh, tipsy, uh, a bit um, a bit drunk buy it quite easily uh, but um, Worf's drink of choice is always prune juice so anything stronger than 
prune juice is going to be uh, is going to knock him uh, harder than uh, anything I, I would imagine. Um, but uh, Captain Jean Luc Picard is there, of course, and he's there in the role of uh, Commander Riker's best man, and he's giving his best man speech. Um, and as a gift to the couple, um, Lieutenant Commander Data um, has decided to serenade the couple with a rendition of uh, Irving Berlin's Blue Skies. And um, Brent Spiner does a great job of uh, of singing singing this great song, and he's so the the the, the charisma that he puts in it. Uh, while still uh, owning the role of uh, Lieutenant Commander Data, is just great, and everybody in attendance at the at the reception is is uh, seems to be enjoying Data's um, serenade. Um, and yeah, it's a good time. It's a it's a it's a happy time. Um, and but the the sad. The sad part of it is that um, Commander William T. Riker and Councillor Deanne Troy will soon be leaving the Enterprise uh, when Commander Riker becomes Captain Riker and he takes over the command of the starship uh, USS Titan. And at this moment, uh, the Enterprise is en route to drop um, Commander Riker and Councillor Troy uh, to Beta Z which is where Councillor Deanna Troy, um, his, uh, her um, family comes from, because she is half human, half Betazoid, um, which means that she is um, empathic. All the Betazoids from the planet Z are empathic, and they can sense the, the feelings and the emotions of people. Uh, and when they arrive at uh, Z, um some members of the crew will... Um, participate in the Betazoid ceremony, wedding ceremony there, and that, and as part of that ceremony, those in attendance have to be completely naked. Um, and this causes uh, a bit of um, uh, um, discomfort for some, uh, including uh, Lieutenant Commander Worf, who is a bit uh, timid, a bit shy about showing his naked body uh whereas uh captain jean luc picard he's already uh planning to go down to the gym and uh work on his physique so when he's seen at the ceremony he'll uh um be looking trim i guess um but while they're en route um they the the enterprise uh start to detect the um the energy signature um of a a a positronic um android very similar to data on the planet of uh, Calaris 3 very near the romulan neutral zone and because positronic um sign signatures um are only associated with androids of data's type um uh this leads captain jean luc picard to order the ship to head to the claren system 
to investigate the um, the the readings, sensor readings, um, and when they arrive in orbit of Claris three, uh, which is near to a um, an energetic cloud uh, that makes uh, transportation using the transporter um, uh, tricky to do. Um, Captain Jonathan Picard, uh, Worf, and Data uh, decide to land on the planet with a um, a shuttle uh, called the Argo. Uh, but also inside this shuttle is a four x four vehicle that uh, an all terrain vehicle that can be used to uh, travel over over treacherous land. And because the energy signatures that they uh, they read on Claris 3, the positronic energy signatures, seem to be spread out over, over a wide area. Uh, using this uh, all-terrain vehicle um, seems to be the, the logical thing to do, the logical thing to use. And Captain John Luke Picard has um, uh, an intense amount of fun uh, driving the car, the, the Argo, I should say, the, the 4x4 around. Um, but and over time, they 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 seemingly find the uh, components um, that, when all put together, would uh, assemble a an android um, that resembles um, resembles data. Um, and after a uh, a brief um, incidence of uh, uh, in which a the alien race an alien race on Claris three begin to uh, attack um, Captain Picard and Worf and Data while they're trying to to get away and get back to the Argo and then return to the ship with the 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 components of this uh, android. Um, they 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 get away. Uh, they return to the Enterprise. To reassemble the android, which uh, um, identifies itself as B4, and from this they deduce that um, B4 is an earlier version of Data, and um, and then they they work to um, to really find out what he is capable of, if he is capable. Uh, of storing uh, a copied version of data's memories and experiences so that he can develop uh, as an android but uh, it seems that uh, b4 is very his programming is very rudimentary uh, he's not capable of um, uh, being uh, of accepting um, a data transference of data's memories uh, and simultaneously at this moment, um, the Enterprise is then ordered by uh, now uh, Admiral Catherine Janeway, uh, who has newly returned from the uh, her adventures on the USS Voyager in the Delta Quadrant. And uh, Admiral Catherine Janeway is played by Kate Mulgrew. And it's great to see her um, um, cameo in... Star Trek Nemesis, even back then, back in 2002, I remember uh, how excited I was to see that because I was a, I was a big fan of the TV series Star, um, Star Trek Voyager uh, when it was 
on on the air and I watched every episode uh, so it was a great little cameo for her to to be in the be in the film and um, yeah she orders the Enterprise and Captain Picard to Romulus uh, to uh, begin a diplomatic um, mission of peace um, so that the the end the, um, the Romulan Star Empire and the Federation uh, may become um, may reach a point of peace when they can tear down uh, possibly the the neutral zone between them, which has um, which was established centuries before and has been a a permanent fixture between these two powers um, and has caused as and has led to the Federation and the Romulans to be to be uh, to be uh, enemies and nemesises of um, of them, of each other. Um, however, when they beam down, uh, when Captain Picard and um, Councillor Troy and Commander Riker and uh, Worf and Data beam down to Romulus um, to speak with the new leader the new Riemann leader of the Romulan um, Empire, uh, when they start to speak to Shinzon, uh, after a while, uh, they realise, or it hits Captain Picard uh, first and more profoundly, because Shinzon, as I alluded to, is a clone of Picard. Uh, who was created in secret by the Romulans to uh, potentially plant in high-ranking position so that he may spy on the Federation. And um, they're very uh, um, astute at doing this, the Romulans. They once abducted Lieutenant Commander Geordie LaForge um, while he was in his shuttlecraft and they uh, brainwashed him um uh into becoming a spy for them and uh, an assassin potential assassin so the romulans are uh very capable of doing this kind of thing uh but as shinzon explains that the project to replace captain picard with him was abandoned while he was still a child and uh he was basically thrown to the wayside <clears throat> excuse me, and um, sent to the planet Romulus to die as a slave within the mines there. Um, but after many years, Shinzon became the leader of the Remans. Um, he uh, and the Remans were successful in constructing a heavily armed uh, flagship named the, the Scimitar. Um, and it's it's a it's a shock for Captain Picard to to literally be looking in the mirror or at a a um, an earlier version of himself a younger version of himself um, and um, he doesn't know what to think about it and he really does not trust Shinzon at all um, and the the Enterprise crew don't trust Shinzon because. When they scan his vessel, the scimitar, they realise that he that it is producing low levels of the deadly Thaleron radiation, and um, 
this could you uh, be used as a as a deadly weapon. And um, also um, B four uh, appears to be have been activated remotely and is attempting to gain access to the Enterprise computers and uh, this is uh, realized by um, Lieutenant Commander Data and uh, uh, Lieutenant Commander George Forge, and they realize um, that the Remans must have been responsible for A planting uh, B4 on the planet of um, of uh, Clarus 3 they were responsible for disassembling him and they were also excuse me responsible for reprogramming reprogramming him and making it possible for him to be on board the enterprise so that he can hack into the computer system and give them access to the enterprise computers but it uh um it is realized what they are trying to do and yeah this what le this is what leads uh data uh to try and use b4 against the remans and b4 has a um a transponder with inbuilt into him and uh, this is something that data uh puts into his own body and he uh proceeds to act very childlike um, just as B4 does um, so that uh, at the point when the Remans do transport B4 who they believe to their ship um, believing that he has carried out his mission that he was um, that he was left uh, to uh, to achieve then they will bring him back into the fold, and then his usefulness will be will have come to an end. Um, and it's also we also see that Shinzon is attempting to violate uh, Councillor Troy's mind through uh, telepathy by using the uh, Riemann Viceroy, who is seemingly capable of. Um, of uh, telepathy, and we don't know. I don't know why uh, Shinzon is doing this. Um, when he first sees Command um, Councillor Troy, when they first, when the Enterprise crew first arrive on Romulus and they come face to face with Shinzon, he explains that he has never seen or met a, a human woman before. But this, uh, that's no justification for. Um, for basically mind raping uh, Councillor Troy, and she she suffers as a result of this, and she's scarred, and uh, and she this causes um, her a great of um, a great deal of of pain because it was um, it was done against her will, um, uh, and eventually, uh, Doctor Crusher. Uh, discovers um, when um, she's analysing the a blood sample that Shinzon gave to um, Captain Jean-Luc Picard in the form of a uh, dagger 
that he used to cut into his uh, his hand so that they could take it back to the Enterprise and confirm that he that uh, he shares the same DNA as Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, but while analysing the, the blood sample, uh, Dr. Crusher discovers that Shinzon is ageing at a rapid rate uh, because of the process that was used to clone him. And the only possible treatment uh, is a transfusion of Captain Jean-Luc Picard's blood. And soon after, Shinzon kidnaps Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Um, B4 is... Re- well, B4, in inverted commas, is returned to the uh, scimitar. Um, but, in fact, it is Data uh, in his place who's trying to pretend to be B4 uh, in um, an attempt to rescue um, Captain Picard, um, which uh, he's instrumental in doing, and they uh, make... Um, and their eventual escape from the scimitar, even though they have to fight against the Remans aboard the scimitar uh, while they're trying to make their escape, because um, Shinzon eventually realises that um, Captain Picard has escaped. Um, and it is also made clear that uh, Shinzon is planning to use the scimitar to invade the Federation and use its um, Thaleron radiation generator to eradicate all life, uh, most notably on Earth, which is where he's going to start. Um, but he needs Captain John Luke Picard so that he can have a transfusion of his blood so that he can continue to live. Um, but the, the crew of the Enterprise realise this, and after... Um, after Captain Picard and uh, Data return to the Enterprise, the Enterprise uh, attempts to race back to Federation space uh, to uh, rendezvous with a an armada of ships that will uh, help them fight back against the Scimitar and um, defeat Shinzon. Uh, but the Scimitar um, ambushes the Enterprise and... Um, forces them to drop out of warp speed. Uh, but soon enough, um, two Romulan warbirds uh, arrive to come to the aid of the Enterprise because um, initially um, the the captain of one of the warbirds, um, the Romulan commander Donatra, um, who's played by uh, the actress uh, Dinah Mayer, uh, who you may know from uh, the uh, Starship Troopers uh, film. Uh, she arrives, they arrive, I should say, uh, to assist the Enterprise, um, and they try to fight against the Scimitar with the Enterprise, uh, continuously uh, shooting at them with the phasers and disruptors and photon and quantum torpedoes. But the Scimitar, um, uh, because of its advanced cloaking technology, is able to cripple both of the Romulan ships and also cause severe damage to the Enterprise. Um, and the 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 fight between all the, the ships is very impressive. The great special effects throughout the film really impressive. Um, and there's also a a moment when um, 
all else seems to be failed and Picard <coughs> excuse me Picard chooses to ram the uh, scimitar with the Enterprise um, which causes severe damage to both ships cripples both ships um, and because uh, Shinzon's health is continuing to um, to get worse and his body seems to be uh, falling apart um, this is what leads Shinzon to decide to activate the Thaleron weapon aboard the scimitar um, after which uh, the, the explosion will not only kill uh, and destroy the scimitar but it will um, it will kill all life on the the Enterprise, um, but um, Captain Picard chooses to board the scimitar to stop uh, Shinzon uh, from launching the Thaleron weapon, which is on a timer um, alone. Um, so he beams over to the scimitar um, and he fights against the Reman crew. Um, he fights against Shinzon, um, and then eventually, uh, uh, is successful in impaling, um, Shinzon on a metal, uh, strut, um, and Shinzon, uh, gets to look, uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard in the eye for the last time before he succumbs to his injuries, and he eventually dies, um, but... Uh, immediately after Captain Picard was beamed to the scimitar, the Enterprise's transporters failed. Um, and knowing that uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard was going to be killed when the Thaleron um, generator explodes, Lieutenant Commander Data decides to go to the scimitar. Um, and because he can't transport, and be going on a shuttlecraft will take too long, he decides to take a leap uh, from one of the corridors of the Enterprise near to where one of the ex the exposed bulkheads are, and he leaps the entire distance between the the Enterprise and the Scimitar. Uh, but with him, he has an emergency transporter, um, and eventually he makes his way onto the Scimitar. He finds Captain Picard um, near to the Thaleron radiation generator, um, waiting to uh, to ignite it so it can blow the the ship uh, to bits, uh, the scimitar. Um, but instead of allowing Captain Picard to sacrifice his life, Data decides to place the emergency transporter on Captain Picard and immediately Captain Picard beams off of the scimitar leaving Data alone um, and choosing to sacrifice himself to destroy the Thalon generator and the scimitar with it which he does with a, a phaser and the last time that we see Data he's firing a phaser beam seconds before the scimitar explodes, taking Data along with him. And um, initially, when the crew see that the scimitar has been destroyed, they're 
uh, in high spirits. However, then they turn around and they see, uh, well, they're, they're shocked and they're horrified because they think that it is um, Captain Picard. And, but then they, they turn around and they see that Captain Picard's fine, he's alright. But then they realise that if it wasn't Captain Picard who triggered the explosion, it must have been Data. And uh, uh, following this, following the, the destruction of the scimitar and Data's death, Data is mourned by the crew. Um, they all gather together in Captain Picard's quarters and they toast um, a bottle of Chateau Picard in Data's name um, and they they share uh, moments um, about Data and uh, what made him so special and yeah it's a very such a sad scene um, it, it really was hard to I suppose that's one of the things that makes it, the film so difficult to watch. It's because it is the death. And it's more, it was more difficult 18 years ago to watch than it is now. I'll say that. Now I can appreciate it more because I know what happens after. Um, and I think um, in Star Trek Picard, it's much more satisfying Data's... Um, what happens to the data and what we find out about data um so it's a, it's a better ending for the character i think than this film but he sacrificed his life and it was a, one of the most human actions that he could have done or anyone could have done and it showed just how much he cared for his friends his crew his captain especially who he looked up to as a hero um for so many years um, but yeah, it's sad. Um, and then at the end of the film, we see the Enterprise is now in space dock, uh, orbiting around Earth, um, undergoing repairs. Um, we see Captain Jean-Luc Picard bid a fond farewell to, um, uh, now Captain, uh, William T. Riker, who is preparing to leave the Enterprise to take command of the USS Titan. Um, and then we see Captain Jean-Luc Picard go to meet with the android B4, um, who, even though Data downloaded um, his uh, memory engrams into him, he seems there doesn't seem to be that much difference. He still acts very childlike and very... Um, non-responsive um however um just before captain picard leaves uh his ready room and he's uh b4 there um we hear b4 start to sing the the song blue skies just as data did uh at the beginning of the film and uh just before the the end credits roll we see captain Jean-Luc Picard leave his ready room um, and uh, walk down uh, a, cor um, a corridor. Oh, actually, I think it's 
maybe B4's quarters, not his ready room, but um, yeah, it's B4's quarters, and um, he, Caspi Card leaves the quarters, walks down a, a corridor, and he smiles to himself, seemingly um, thinking that Data is still alive in some way, shape, or form, uh, but it remains to be seen whether he will ever come back, and this scene um, always reminds me of the the scene from uh, Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan when we believed that um, and we know we knew that um, Captain Spock Spock had died but then at the end of the film they showed that the the scene of Captain Spock's um, um, uh, torpedo tube on the on the on the surface of Genesis and of course in the next film uh we saw uh in uh Star Trek 3 the search for Spock we saw um Captain Spock come back from the dead so perhaps they they included this scene to maybe pay it off in the next film that they were going to make and bring data back um potentially but unfortunately that never happened um i think there was there was plans for there to be a um another film um featuring the cast of the next generation but it was uh scrapped because um star trek nemesis was uh considered a box office failure um and because the the, the budget of the film was 60 million and it only earned 67 million worldwide at the at the box office so um i think a lot of people responded um negatively to the film mainly perhaps because of the death of data um but it's not a bad film i'm going to say that um i thought it was a bad film when i first saw it i saw some good part, parts to it but after just seeing it again after after a long time probably 10 years since i last saw it um i watched it and even though i'm still disappointed that they killed data off in the way that they did even though i i respect that it was brent spiner's choice and i i like that he that data sacrificed himself for the love of his crew and his um his friends and he did it and it was the most it was the human thing to do really he saved his captain he saved his friend um but and it it's not a, it's not a it's not a bad film it really isn't a bad film but it's not a great film either um it's a it, i'm sorry that the the next generation crew ended their film franchise in the with this film i think if they'd have done been able to do an, uh, another film it there could have been the scope for seeing captain picard and captain riker potentially work together on something uh, on a mission um but uh it wasn't to be and as a result the the entire film series of star trek was rebooted and um began again with the star trek um film that came out in 2009 so there was a there was a quite 
a long time in between films. In be- um, but of course, in between that, there was a uh, Star Trek um, Enterprise TV show was still was still going then. Um, but um, yeah, I think it, it it did do some harm to the the, the film franchise, um, and um, uh, that's a shame. It is a shame. Um, and I don't know what they could have done to make the film better. Um, I've heard that some people would have responded better to Shinzon, the character, if Jean, if um, Patrick Stewart had played both Captain Jean-Luc Picard and the the role of Shinzon, rather than um, cast uh, Tom Hardy as a younger version of card and uh, even though he did a great job Tom Tom Hardy did a great job um, but um, I think it, it, if there were certain things throughout the film that if they'd have thought about it differently they could have um, they could have made the film uh, a lot better than it was um, but it was very poetic it's a very poetic film as I say the the, the film starts off uh with data singing blue skies at uh commander riker's um wedding to diana troy and the film ends with b4 singing blue skies so in that way it's very uh, very poetic that data is still still around but um yeah it was i can't not recall um that it was disappointing at the time, even though the music by the the great um, Jerry Goldsmith, who created more soundtracks, uh, more scores for Star Trek films than anybody, uh, is absolutely glorious and wonderful to behold. As always, his sound, his scores are always incredible. Uh, but the film, yeah, it's. Um, it did leave a lot to be desired, but after watching it again, um, I'm glad that I watched it. I can see the good in it. I can. I just wish that, under on a story story um, level, they'd have just given it a bit more um, breathing room. Just, just. Um, Oh, I don't know what they could have done, but they could have there could have been some kind of improvement um, to it. But Celavi, you know, the film is now uh, what nineteen years old, and yeah, in the intervening years, we've got some great Star Trek um, that's come out. We've had Star Trek Picard that has picked up the story of. Um, Lieutenant Commander Data and his relationship with Captain Jean-Luc Picard. So um, we may not have got that if uh, the story of Star Trek Nemesis had been different. So I suppose we have that uh, we have that this film, Star Trek Nemesis, to thank for Star Trek Picard, um, which is a great TV series that if you haven't seen, you should definitely check it out. But Star Trek Nemesis is not not that bad, and if uh, you've never seen the film definitely check it out um and uh and yeah so i think i'm gonna leave it there for now um next in my star trek uh feature film 
uh, rewatch. I'm going to be rewatching Star Trek uh, that came out in 2009 next, which was uh, directed by J.J. Abrams. Uh, but this is the last film of the uh, to feature the Next Generation cast, and um, yeah, uh, hope you uh, uh, hope you like what you heard. Um, just want to say thank you for listening. I hope you like what you heard, uh, and I'll talk to you again soon. And um, live long and prosper. If you like what you heard in uh, this episode of uh, the Mark Hastings Experience, um, and if you want to check out some more of my poetry, um, then you uh, you can head over to markthepoet.me, uh, which is my website, and you'll find uh, lots of the poems that I've written over the years. Um, if you want to uh, check out some of my poetry uh, in uh, book form, uh, you can go to Amazon and you'll find um, all 10 of my books that I've had published. Um, they're all books of poetry, um, uh, books of stories, uh, books of uh, memories and uh, experiences. Um, and there'll be more to come. And uh, if you would love to um, contribute uh, to... Uh, to the podcast then you can do so by heading over to patreon and searching for mark the poet and uh your uh, your support would be greatly appreciated um but uh, as i was saying i hope you liked what you heard in this uh, episode um and i'll talk to you again soon